episode six of the moon and stars hypnobirthing podcast with me Faye. Yo yo, how you doing Biaccios? Today's episode is all about the second stage of labour aka the hi baby stage of labour. I feel like this is the most exciting part. Yeah, because there's three stages. The first part is your contraction, second part meet your baby, third part get the placenta out which I'll talk about in the next episode. So yeah, it's the good bit. Well, not that the first stage isn't the good bit, but this is, you know, the best bit where you meet your baby. So thank you for being here. I genuinely appreciate anybody that listens, so thank you. And I've had lots of nice messages over the last week as well from listeners, so I really love it. Thank you. And um, I hope you found the last episode helpful. So let's get into it, because as you know, I don't like to mess about um, and trigger warning, I do swear, I swear a lot. So you might not want to have this on loudspeaker if you're with your babies or children. Um, yeah, just to warn you. And some content might be slightly risque if you're just want to know that. So um, I always forget that bit and then later on down the line I'll go, oh, sorry, I didn't tell you. Um, so pushing phase of labour. Well, this could be a couple of hours for some people or it could be minutes. My first labour was, pushing phase was over two hours. Uh, second labour with my second daughter, it was recorded as about seven minutes or something crazy like that. So yeah, it can be quick, it can be long. Who knows? You will never know until you get there. There is something called the fetal ejection reflex as well, which basically means your baby just flies out. It's a literal fart baby flies out situation. <laughs> um it's actually really amazing. Like, Google it if you want to. But the videos that you'll see, it's really, really amazing. And it normally happens when the person giving birth is feeling... Un- it, it normally happens when you're feeling unobserved and undisturbed. When And it wouldn't normally happen if you've had an epidural or anything like that. It's normally a very... It happens with a natural labour where yeah like I said it's undisturbed unobserved and the baby just flies out it can but it can also happen on the flip side of that it can also happen if the woman giving birth is extremely stressed so in like war-torn countries and stuff like that so it happened in a hospital in a war-torn country where a bomb went off and uh, quite a few women experienced the fetal ejection reflex so it can happen in extremely stressful situations as a I guess as a survival mechanism and it can happen in extremely relaxed situations where you feel just proper chill but yeah I, th- I don't know I don't know if my birth counts as a fetal ejection reflex seven minutes of pushing I don't know maybe not I'm not sure I'm gonna look into that I want to know anyway so how will you know the main question I get asked is how will I know when it's time to push my baby out and believe me you know it's a bit like asking, how will I know when I need a massive poo? And I don't want to compare babies to poo because it's not the same, obviously. But it's a very similar feeling of, 
again, it's not very nice to talk about poo, but let's just go for it because we know we just keep it real here, right? If you've listened to the other episodes, you know we just keep it real. So when you feel like you need to do a massive poo after being constipated for a few days and you feel that real pressure in your bum and you're like, I need to get this poo out right now, it's, that's a, it's a very similar situation, just times it by 10 or something. You, you know, you absolutely know. But did you also know that you don't actually have to push your baby out? Like you could drop down dead, sorry to be extreme, and your baby would come out. Your uterus would still push your baby out. Maybe not drop down dead, but if you, ha- if you were in a coma, your uterus is that powerful that it could push your baby out. So you don't actually have to push. But most people do feel the, the overwhelming urge, a bit like poo. Like you just feel, you, you just have the urge where you're like, I need to push this out of me. It's a very similar situation. Um, so if you haven't actually seen birth before, I do strongly advise watching positive birth videos. It's really, really, really amazing to see because I don't know about you guys, but my birth education wasn't very particularly good. And I used to watch One Born Every Minute where it was just very dramatised. Like The whole show is very dramatised. It even comes under the genre of drama. So they purposely make it dramatic. And you'd often see, yeah, like people with quite medicalised births and it was all quite scary. And that's how I thought birth was. And, you know, you grow up hearing your own birth story and other people's and, yeah, it can be quite scary to hear. But actually, there is such thing as positive birth. And watching the videos is really, really amazing. Like I got introduced to it when I did my hypnobirthing training. And I was like, wow, look at these videos. I was actually shocked. I was like, oh my God, look, like can birth really look like that? Like you just see people giving birth, like just in all sorts of positions, not just on their back. Uh, and it can just be so, it can be calm, it can be quiet. You know, some of the women will be like roaring or mooing and like, making really primal sounds and it just looks really powerful and oh my god it's amazing so please watch positive birth videos to have like so you can see what it looks like and I just cry every time I watch them like just seeing these like people just being so oh powerful like oh it's just amazing so the key things for your second stage of labor so for pushing your baby out is what we call UFO. So that means upright, forwards, open. So I'm talking about positions that are basically not lying down on your back. Some of you might really want to be on your back and that's fine. Always go with what feels right for you because that is the right position. But with UFO, upright, forwards and open, I'm talking about things like on all fours, standing up, leaning over a sink, leaning over the hospital bed or your own bed, squatting like anything where you're upright enables gravity to help push your baby down and out if you're on your back it's very difficult you haven't got gravity on your side your pelvic outlet isn't as open as it is when you're upright forwards and open so if you're upright and leaning forwards your pelvic outlet opens by as much as one to two centimeters which let's be honest here you're going to want that when you've got a baby's head coming out your vag so it, it, unless being on your back really feels like the best position, it's really good to be upright and forwards. But to be honest with you, most people just instinctively will adapt those, will adopt those positions. Like I remember just being leaning over my my bathroom sink, 
And I think my husband said to me, do you want to get in the bath? And I was like, no, don't touch me. Don't touch me. I, I remember screaming, don't touch me, because I think I was just like, I'm in the right position for me. So just go with what feels right for you. Um, and also midwife should facilitate that as well. It's, it is in their regulations and guidelines that they should facilitate you being in the position that you want to be in. Um, and then we've got a position called Kiko, which stands for knees in, calves out. And my lovely friend Emma, the, aka the naked doula, give her a follow on Instagram if you don't already. She coined this term Kiko. And as I said, it stands for knees in, calves out. So you put your knees together and you push your calves outwards. It's very hard to describe. If you go to her page, you'll see all the posts about it. And this opens your pelvic outlet. And you can do this in lots of different positions. So you could be on your back. You could be um, leaning, you know, in a birth pool, leaning over the side. You can you can use it like on all fours, lots and lots of ways. But that is a really, really great um, position to think about for birth. And actually, most people just kind of do this naturally anyway. But it's good to know beforehand. You're also going to want to relax your face for this stage of labour. Because... You've got the term floppy face, floppy fanny. And I'm going to do a whole episode on this because it's really, really amazing. But this was a term coined by Inna Mae Gaskin, an American midwife. And basically, the jaw, your jaw is connect, biologically connected to your pelvic floor. So if your jaw is very tense, your pelvic floor is also tense. And that makes it harder for your baby to come down and out. So if you've got a nice relaxed jaw, so is your vag. So we say floppy face, floppy fanny. And again, my lovely friend Emma the Naked Dealer likes to use this term a lot. But it's an amazing, it's an amazing phrase. It's easy to remember. It's funny. And it it does, it, it's actually like a, it's a fact that it's true. If your jaw's relaxed, so is your vag. So floppy face, floppy fanny. Upright forward open positions or Kiko. Breathe, 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 breathe. If you are tense, gritting your teeth, clenching your fists together, giving it all that, it's going to be so much harder for your baby to come down and out. So breathing is super important. And again, I'm not going to lie and pretend that it's very easy to breathe through contractions, especially in the pushing phase. It's not. Let's just not pretend. So what I suggest to people is that they breathe between the contractions. So relax your shoulders, floppy face, floppy fanny, and breathe through the contraction so that when the next contraction comes, your body is relaxed. And this can really, really help. And we're going to do a breathing exercise in a minute. I'll show you. Hydration. You're going to need water to be hydrated or whatever drink of choice. Probably not alcohol, but anything else is fine. Um, because, you know, your muscles work better when, when they're hydrated and you're going to need that. Privacy is really important as well. If you're feeling like you're watched under pressure, it's going to affect your birth hormones. And I've done a whole episode on it, so you can go back to that. But that is important. And the environment and your mindset. If labour stops and starts and stalls, think about what's going on in your mind and your environment. Is there anything you can change? Does it feel uncomfortable? Is it too noisy? Is it too bright? Are there too many people watching you? You know, are you really pissed off with your birth partner? I think I said this in my previous episode, but I've heard so many stories where 
people will say to the birth partner what they're pissed off about and then they just start give birth <laughs> it's like the hormones go okay so it's okay now we're not we're not annoyed at them anymore let's give birth so that's something worth thinking about um we've also got coached pushing so you might need help with pushing if you've had an epidural which is fine um if you have an epidural i'd advise lying on your side and using a peanut ball most hospitals labor wards and birth centers will have them available um you wouldn't have an epidural at home so i don't need to say that but yeah if you're if you've had an epidural lying on your side with a peanut ball is really really good better than lying on your back if possible and your midwife will coach you into push because they'll tell you when you're having a contraction and you'll they'll help you along with that if you haven't had an epidural or pethidine or anything like that then you shouldn't really need it like you should be able to just feel your body like i've heard stories of people say the midwife was telling them to push but they didn't feel like they needed to and i was like right okay so midwives are amazing they're experts they know what they're doing but they ain't the expert of your own body if you don't feel like you need to push then that's right you don't you don't need to push you will know when you need to push so you can just say i'm not really feeling that right now unless it's very urgent to get your baby out it's fine you can do what feels right for you noises as well the second stage of labor is really good idea if you feel you need to just make all the noises that feel natural to you so for example with my first birth i was really scared to make noises because i just felt self-conscious with my second birth i I was mooing i was roaring i was doing all sorts of like noises like really deep guttural noises and actually i learned afterwards it's really beneficial because it actually helps to push your baby out because it like your as we know your jaws connected to your pelvic floor but like all of it's connected like your throat and everything so like if you try it make a really like deep guttural noise like a moo and you can you can feel it in your pelvic floor and imagine that helps your baby to come out so just go for it just go for that shears um i think as well with my second birth i just didn't care as much like i had a lot a lot less i don't know i wasn't as conscious self-conscious but I guess that comes from already giving birth. But I really noticed that I went kind of inward. Like my husband said he was talking to me about something and I was like, I did not hear that. I was like, I was just busy, like, being in labour. And I read this quote ages ago and it said, when, you, when you're in labour land, so when you're in, like, this real, like, deep labour, you, you go to the stars, you travel to the stars, collect your baby and come collect the soul of your baby oh god i can't remember what it is it's like something along the lines of you travel to the stars and come back to earth with your baby something along those lines and i was like oh my god it really hit me because i was like that's what it felt like like you just it feels almost extraterrestrial (laughs) like you just go to another planet like it's just i don't know it's proper primal shit like it's a different part of your brain that's not normally that you're not normally in and you go there and then you just come back with your baby. And it's amazing. Oh, it's amazing. This second stage of labour for me just felt incredible. Really, really incredible. And there's also something called the ring of fire. So you're pushing, you're having your contractions. You know your baby's coming. You can feel that there's definitely something coming out and down. And then the baby's head comes out. And oh my God, it's amazing. And some people call it the ring of fire because your vagina literally stretches to the the biggest it's ever going to stretch. It's the widest part of your baby's head. 
if the head comes out first. Sometimes babies are born breached with their legs, but most of the time you'd know that beforehand. But the head will come first, and as it comes out, your vag stretches, and it can. It's a really like burning sensation, like aka the ring of fire. I actually remember feeling it and thinking, "Oh my god, the baby's coming," and then it doesn't last for long, and then the the head comes fully out and then the, the ring of fire feeling goes and you're like, it's such a sense of relief. You're like, oh my God. And then the head's out and it's just amazing. You're like, oh my God, I'm going to meet my baby. And then, yeah, and then the shoulder will come out first and then another shoulder and then the body just kind of slides out after that. And then you've got your baby. You can hold your baby in your arms. Oh my God, it's so amazing. I would describe it as feeling euphoric and exhausted all at the same time. But you might have, there might be so many emotions and feelings and you might feel nothing. I'm actually going to say that as well. Like with my first, I remember feeling quite, I don't know, a bit numb, a bit shocked. it, it It was really a very strange feeling and I was a bit, I don't know, like almost a bit upset because I was like, I thought I would have this massive rush of love and all of the things that I'd read about, but I didn't have that. It came, it came a while later, but I didn't have that initially. Whereas with my second daughter, it was there instantly. And I know now that it's because of hormones. So with the second daughter, I had all the oxytocin, I had all the, all the hormones were there. And it was a very quick and positive experience. Whereas with my first daughter, it was a very long experience. And I will talk about it another day. But it was a very long experience. There was a lot of medical intervention. The hormones weren't there. So, yeah, it's really, really interesting, actually, because having experienced both, I know how both feel. So, yeah, you, you could feel numb. You could feel a bit, like, shocked. You could feel amazing, euphoric. You could feel exhausted. There's so many emotions there. But you're not going to know until you feel it. But, you know, all of it's okay. All of it is okay. Whatever you feel, that's okay. And then I also, I've written here in my notes that sometimes babies get stuck. Like I've just mentioned, you know, but the head comes out, the shoulder comes out. It's all good. Life's great. But sometimes babies do get stuck. Um, You know unfortunately there's lots of things that can be done sometimes just changing your position can really help sometimes you know moving around getting on all fours that can really help but sometimes you might need assistance so you might need something called forceps or a ventouse birth which is forceps are i'm not going to glamorize it guys again let's just be real here they're basically like massive salad tongs that an obstetrician will use to get your baby out a skilled obstetrician will use to get baby out or you might need a ventouse which is basically like a plunger sorry i can't make it sound pretty and that sort of sucks your baby out um, and the other option is a, is, a, is a cesarean and it's your choice you don't have to agree to any of these things you you might it's it's completely up to you basically the, the doctors uh you know the midwives and obstetricians will talk you through it all and your options but it's up to you to, to decide what you want um, but obviously, you know, you'd go with what was the best situation, but you can choose as well. Everything is your choice. And we'll go through, I'll do a whole episode about all your choices in birth as well. But I just want to put that out there just so that I'm saying that because I don't want to just be talking about birth when it happens perfectly, you know. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, and if you have forceps birth, um, you would be 
you know, you would be given local anaesthetic if you haven't already had an epidural, so you would be numb, you wouldn't feel it. They would get baby out as quickly as they could and as safely as they could and your baby would be born and hopefully given to you straight away. And same with one two, so like you'd be spoken to about it, then it would happen, you would be given, you know, as much comfort measures, pain reliefs as you could, and then they would get baby out. So, uh, and I'll do episodes about these things as well, so that we can go into it a bit further, but just wanted to mention that as well. So, to be honest with you, my, my, my biggest advice and tips would be to learn about each option and get a plan in place for each. So learn about birth, which you're doing by listening to this, and hopefully doing some kind of antenatal course or local hypnobirthing course. But learn about birth, learn about your options, and get them written down as a plan. So plan for your dream birth scenario, plan for an assisted birth scenario, so a forceps or von Tuss birth. What would you want in that situation? Would you want immediate skin-to-skin, would you want delayed cord clamping? Like, think about all these things, and we will go through it as we go through the episodes. Um, and also, do if a cesarean isn't your first choice, which I know some of you listening, it might be your first choice. If it's not your first choice, put a plan in place for it. Because I'm not being funny, guys. When you're in the second stage of labour, having contractions, that is not the time to learn about what your options are. That is not the one. Know your shit beforehand, so that you know what you want and you know what your options are and this and I'm going to do a whole episode about birth trauma as well but the biggest one of the biggest factors of birth trauma is not feeling like you had any control so you can feel like you have control if you've already like written some shit down and again we'll do another we'll do a whole episode about birth plans as well so we're going to cover everything but it's really really important that you think about what that you know what your options are and think about what you want. Yes, you might not always get what you want, but you'll feel a lot more in control and that can that can lead to a lot less trauma. So yeah, that's a whole other episode, but please think about start thinking about that. So I always say plan for the birth you want, or you know, great, why not? But also plan for the birth you don't want so that you're prepared. There's so many things that you can do to just make things a bit better for the for the situations that you don't want so for i'm just going to use cesarean as an example but i know some of you will be actually planning for a cesarean and that's great and that's fine but if you say for example you want a really natural water birth and a cesarean is the last thing you want plan for it did you know that you can have music playing for a cesarean you can still have delayed call clapping you can request immediate skin to skin you can use breathing exercises You can see your baby being born if you're not squeamish and you want to see that. Like, There's lots of things you can do. And again, I will do a whole episode on cesareans as well. But have that all in place so that if it happens to you, you can go, okay, uh, you know, this isn't what I wanted, but can I have my music playing? Can I have this, this and this? And you will feel so much more in control of the situation. You will feel like the driver rather than the passenger. And that is really important. So, yeah. I think I've made that clear, haven't I? <laughs> Sorry, I am going to elaborate on lots of those things as well as we go through. Um, so yeah, plan for the birth you want and plan for the birth you don't want. Learning about your options, drawing labour is not the one, bruv. Trust me, you need to know about that shit beforehand. Woo! So, let's do a breathing exercise for the second stage of labour so that you know what to do. So... My top breathing exercise, I don't teach anything else other than this, 
And it is, all you have to do is relax your shoulders, make sure they're dropped, relax your hands, wiggle your fingers. I'm actually doing it as we speak. Then take a big breath in through your nose, really big, powerful breath in through your nose. I'm not going to do it on here because it just sounds weird on a, right on a podcast. It's all right on a video, but on a podcast, it's just weird. So take a big breath in through your nose, really big, deep down into your belly, and then breathe the air out forcefully through your mouth. That's it. That's all you have to do. So try it again. In through your nose, big, powerful breath in through your nose, and then push the air out forcefully through your your mouth. That's it. And can you feel, like, think about how it feels in your, like, lower belly, like, vag, pelvic floor region. You can, you can feel that it would actually help to push your baby out, can't you? That's all you've got to do. And then in between your contractions, in between your contractions, just take a nice, slow, long breath in through your nose and then push the air out gently through your mouth with your lips slightly parted that will keep you nice and relaxed so that breathing that we just did where you breathe the air big breath in and forcefully out through your mouth that breathing that you can practice that when you do a poo so from about 36 weeks of pregnancy not before because it could make you go into labor practice that when you're doing a poo and then you'll really feel it it really helps your poo come out especially if you're constipated oh my god i had the worst constipation when i was pregnant like actually cried quite a few times (laughs) i actually spoke to someone and she told me that she put um something up her bum to help the poo come out what did she put up her bum something weird like a lolly stick (laughs) sorry but she said it helped anyway don't do that i'm not advising that for fuck's sake i'm not advising that (laughs) i told you i'm always inappropriate um but yeah it was that bad that she she resorted to desperate measures but you can try this breathing exercise Breathe in through your nose, really powerful, big breath in, down into your belly, and then push the air out forcefully through your mouth. Do that when you're on the loo, and your poo will come out. It's amazing. It's actually amazing. But that will show you how your baby, how it could work to get your baby out as well. So yeah, on that note, try that breathing exercise on the loo from about 36 weeks of pregnancy. Don't put lolly sticks up your bum. Thank you. And... um. <laughs> That's us done for tonight. I'm sorry the episode was a bit late. I know I said it'll be every Tuesday, but it's actually going to be um, at like two in the morning on the Wednesday. But do you know what? I used to put so much pressure on myself to make sure the podcast was always on time and it was a bit too much. I've got two kids. I'm running two businesses. My husband works long hours, you know, life. So I'll always try my best, but it might not always be exactly possible. So, yeah that's just the way it is that's just who I am (laughs) but I love you all thank you so much for listening I really appreciate it I hope you found that helpful do practice that breathing exercise just understand that you've absolutely got this everything that I sort of spoke about I will elaborate on like cesareans and forceps and birth plans and all that stuff it's all coming and the next episode is going to be on third stage of labor aka the placenta And I've got a lot to say about it, as you can imagine. So I'm excited about that episode, actually. So that'll be next Tuesday. And I'm also going to do a whole episode with um, like a breathing, like guided meditation thingy-majiggy. So I'll do that um, as soon as possible. 
in the next week and it'll be recorded and yeah so as always thank you so much i love you all i haven't done a card pull have i let me get my card pull i always forget this bit i don't even know if you don't like this bit i'm just walking to my tarot cards now do you even like this bit let me know or should i just skip it oh let me just do sorry some good cards here let's have a look i'm just going to shuffle them it's going to sound weird We'll see what comes out. Oh, hello. That one when he's coming out. Oh, we've got the four of wands. Ooh, four of wands. So this is normally about moving house, celebrations, weddings, um, births, but that's kind of a bit obvious. Um, setting down some foundations. I also kind of see it as needing to think about four key areas of your life. So getting a bit more structure, getting a bit more structure with key areas of your life. So things like your family life, your work life, your social life, your me time. What needs to be addressed with those four areas and what kind of needs to be sorted out to make you the happiest version of yourself? That's how I see that card. But I'll read the book as well. I wonder how many of you that resonates with. Those of you that um, are listening to this episode as your first episode, I always pull a tarot card at the end just to see what the message is because I wonder if it might resonate with some of you. Four of Wands. Right, here we go. Yeah, pop the champagne. We have something major to celebrate. The Four of Wands has a warm sensation of coming home, seeing the people you love and celebrating the things you are most grateful for. You're at a place in your life where you are provided for and happy with how far you've come. You might find you're buying a house or solidifying a business you have put your heart and soul into building. Or maybe you're finding yourself going on a vacation with people who are ready to have a good time. This card wants you to enjoy yourself and the present moment. You've earned it. So there you go. What a lovely way to end the episode. As always, my floor's creaking, sorry. As always, thank you for being here. Really, I can't, honestly, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Please feel free to DM me if you ever want to. Uh, please also, I really would love if you could rate, review, or at least just subscribe to the podcast. It all helps with the podcast algorithms and all that shit and helps me reach more people so thank you darlings i hope you have a great week sounds like a lot of you have got some shit to celebrate so let me know that as well i'd love to hear dm me on instagram i'm moon and stars hypnobirthing oh sorry i've been talking too much i'm moon and stars hypnobirthing or you can email me info at moon and stars hypnobirthing.com thank you darlings bye bye